here at Kill You Last Podcast, we love to goof and talk about 80s action movies, but we also like to branch out a little bit, too. So for today's episode, we're doing a deep dive on one of the all-time great westerns, Unforgiven, by Clint Eastwood, with our guest, Alan Fuchs. Enjoy. You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. What do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> you don't trust me at all, do you? I tell you what, you make it through tomorrow without killing anybody, then I'll start trusting you. Fair enough. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. You did. I lied. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. This is the latest episode of Kill You Last. I'm host Peter Garacci with my co-host. Alex Fischera. And today What's we have... Up? Yo, sorry to cut you there. Uh, today we have our guest, none other than Mr. Alan Fuchs. What's up, guys? How hey, you Alan. doing, Alan? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I stayed up uh, late last night watching Unforgiven. I told uh, my girlfriend, I'm like, I'm just going to watch a little bit and we'll go to bed and end up watching the whole fucking thing. Did you watch the whole thing? The whole thing, yeah. Okay. It's one of those movies. It's To me, it's like Goodfellas. It's one of those mm. classic films that works on so many levels and it's just a beautiful, addictive experience. You can't, it's, you, you can't start and stop it. It really, it, it's, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, so we, um, we were talking, what, the other night out on McDougal Street and I said, hey, if uh, you wanted to do an 80s action movie, what would you want to do? And you're like, can we do a Western instead? And I said, let's do a Western. And you said, Unforgiven. I said, let's do it. I freaking love that movie. So, I mean, what, is this movie, do you have some history with this movie? Is this a movie that you watched when you were a kid and you, it stuck with you? Or do you remember when you saw it the first time? Or To me, it's, uh, my father is a big fan of Western films. Mm-hmm. Oh. And he, but he liked the, you know, the hacky ones almost. The mm-hmm. ones where it's just like right. very easy for a foreigner to understand. So your your dad, for our listeners, was uh, not born here. Not well, <laughs> or was he? Yes, I hope the listeners are thinking: was, was he slow? Was he you know? Yeah, is he? Is yeah. he <laughs> no, he's autistic. He's, he's very autistic, autistic, and uh, he loves violence. No, he's uh, he, he's uh, he's from uh, Ukraine. He's from Kiev. Oh, cool. Yeah. So he loved uh, he loved hacky western, hacky, easy to understand, violent films. <laughs> so I always looked at them. You know, to me it was like just cartoonish violence. And then watching Unforgiven, after having seen all those films, was a, a brilliant and beautiful critique of all those westerns that had come before. Yeah. Um, before it, so well, so my father's from Sicily, so he he actually learned English from watching uh, Three Stooges. So I feel like your father probably has a more sophisticated way of talking than my father does. But uh, yeah, no, my, I my think dad, he liked Three Stooges too. Yeah, yeah, no, but that was like my <laughs> mom, my dad was never I like a, Three Stooges. My dad wasn't yeah. a movie guy, but he was. I literally remember watching Three Stooges as a kid with him. So I kind of I kind of became a movie guy on my own. Yeah, but that's cool. That's what, like, do you remember particular westerns? Because I, I love westerns too, but I don't know a lot of particular them. hacky westerns that your dad yeah. liked. Maybe um, it was just a lot of John Wayne. Yeah, yeah. John Wayne. That and, would be the poster. And um, I know John Wayne's been in a few good ones, but a lot of them were just kind of just you know rehashes, paint by right. numbers, and it, just one of those things where it's just they're, you know they're going they're just checking off the tropes. You well, know, right. I mean, they're, hero right. comes into town. They're hokey. Yeah. Now. But I, I heard somebody say that the thing about Westerns is Westerns are not about the time period that they're taking place in. They're about the time period that they're made in. So, you know, Westerns in the 70s are very kind of cynical and dark because that was like the Watergate age. And after the 60s, you like in the 60s Westerns, everyone's got long hair. They all look like hippies, even mm-hmm. though they're supposed to be cowboys. The Westerns of the 40s and 50s, like you're talking about post-war, America's kind of more straight-laced. So even the movies... Even though the movies are supposed to be taking place during the Civil War or whatever it is, it's a much more straight-laced, kind of patriotic, kind of right. straight time. Though, I mean, John Wayne did a lot of kind of controversial, like The Searchers and Red River. Yeah. He played he some bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. He played some interesting characters. Like The Searchers is like an all-time unbelievable film, and it's influenced a lot of directors that came after it. I, Eastwood is interesting because I, I've gone back and I've watched a lot of Eastwood, and I'm not a huge... Like, I... I love the um, uh, the spaghetti westerns, fistful of dollars, few dollars more, classic. good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. But like, I, like Outlaw Josie Wales is considered a classic Eastwood western, and I can't watch that movie. <laughs> I put it on ten times, and every time I turn it off after twenty minutes, 
So I don't know what it is about that movie, but there is something about the Clint Eastwood mystique and just the quiet man, just man of few words. And then he knowing that, then to go in, later in his life to make this movie on his own is an unbelievable thing. What, what you said is really interesting because people don't realize it's true. Westerns are, in, in a sense, a product of their time. So, and this movie came around, it, it, had an int- it, it, it had an interesting road to being made because it was written in the 70s. And it was right. informed by ta- the movie Taxi Driver, right? Where uh, you know David uh, with David Webb Peoples, right? That's the, the uh, writer, David yeah. Webb Peoples. He was uh, he, he was really shaped by that movie. He was influenced by Scor- by Scorsese in that he he thought okay, yeah, movies should have a more realistic approach to violence, and there should be repercussions, yeah, to each violent act, and right. that shaped him. And this movie is very much a product of the '70s and the '90s. Because this this is all like you know this was a eulogy. This was Clint Eastwood's final Western film. He stuck to it. He hasn't made a Western since. Yeah. And it's a eulogy to those westerns, and, and at the same time, sort of a love letter, and uh, and it, it's a lamentation of all of, of what he's done to glorify violence, and it's something that and he decided to subvert it as, yeah. as he's doing this meditation on on what violence means in society. I I have like I. I love this movie like you do, and I, it's a movie that, and we were saying this the other night, if it's possible for a movie that won Best Picture, Best Director, you know, Best Supporting Actor, that's considered a classic movie by everyone, to still be underrated, this movie is still underrated. Because going back and watching it, like every scene, there's something interesting happening. The actors are amazing. There's, there's a little, there's, there's like extra things in every scene that are just beautiful. And I'd heard um, David Webb Peoples wrote this script. He also co-wrote Blade Runner, which is one of my all-time favorite movies with Hampton Fancher, and I heard somebody say that Hampton Fancher was the technical guy with Blade Runner. He made, it, he made sure all the, the stuff with the future and the replicants made sense, but Peoples brought the poetry and the humanity to that movie. Mm. And you can see that with this movie too. Even though we're talking about violence, we're talking about killers, and whether, whether or not they have the stomach to keep killing, it's a really poetic, like beautiful film. Like It's a beautiful poetic film, and it's also, what's interesting about uh, his writing style is that he believes in word economy. Yeah. He's almost like Hemingway in that sense. And he finds poetry um, within the things that aren't said in, in some cases. And the actors really know, the, the actors understand the script in a way that, that uh, you see in, rarely in film. Yeah. Uh, they, they actually stuck to the script. They, they even, you know, in interviews, they've said it, it's, it's a very rare thing where, where a film gets made and they, they, don't, they make very little notes to the script. The script is basically white. There, are little, there was almost no... Nothing in the margins, nothing, you know, um, edited or anything added to it. So he's a brilliant writer, and I think he deserves uh, more credit than he's gotten for, for this film. Yeah, he's had a weird career. Like, he's kind of in it. It's one of those guys, like, sometimes, you know, the, the true artist, the business doesn't really know what The writers no one gives a shit about. Yeah. That's basically it, yeah. you know? So he's one of those guys who's a true artist, and he's, you know, he's gotten his... And misunderstood, his too, due. because uh, th- this film went, was initially rejected. In the 70s. It was rejected. No, it was rejected by, by Eastwood. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, Gene wow, Hackman thought it was, going, it, was too viol- it was going to be too violent. Well, that was when, yes, Gene Hackman thought it was too violent, but Eastwood was on board The right, irony at that point. Well, no, Eastwood's people didn't want, didn't want him to do it. They thought it was too violent. And uh, the irony is this is a treatise against violence. Yeah. This, right, this is, exactly. This shows you the impact of violence and how it, it destroys lives, how it destroys lives and how it affects you psychologically and how there's no escape from your actions. It's hard to know where to go first. There's so many things I want to talk about. For, like, we could start with Hackman, though, because I, fr- Gene Hackman, oh, God, I love Gene Hackman. Brilliant. I love, his, I love his career arc. I love the fact that he didn't start until his late 30s and then all of a sudden he's like, you know, winning Oscars in the early 70s. No, I wonder why yeah. you like that he started in his late yeah, 30s. Yeah, it's my, it's my career arc, too. <laughs> so that's what, uh, I'm the, I like to think I'm the Gene Hackman. Every middle-aged white dude holds on to those stories. Yeah, yeah. 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 Rodney Dangerfield didn't right. make it until oh, he was 49 Bob years old. Bob Newhart. That's me. <laughs> I'll take any one of them. I'll take, I'll take Newhart, Dangerfield, or Hackman. I'll take yeah. any of those guys. Or even, um, I mean, Duvall was around in the theater world, but he was 40 when he did, did uh, Godfather, and that was his big break. But yeah, Hackman and is... And Coppola almost ended up making this movie. Yeah. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Dude, Coppola yes. is my hero. I love Coppola. I didn't know that. I'm surprised I didn't hear that story. But no, the Hackman thing, it's like, yeah, he doesn't want to do violent movies anymore. He's getting old. He's so good in this movie. He's so dark. And, it, and that's another thing. It's everybody... I, I wrote a note on my phone. Like, everybody is bad at doing regular stuff in this movie. So the reason that right. Eastwood... <laughs> 
like lets himself get roped into this this thing is because he's a bad as a farmer. So I feel like if he was a better, well, that's not the only reason. There, know, there, like, there, there are a bunch of reasons. But it for shows it. it. It's like if he had had more success, you know, he starts as he starts as a, a, a you know killer bad guy, and he gets married, turns his life around, gives up that life, and here are some kids like, oh, I heard you're I heard you're the baddest guy around. I want you to help me get this bounty, and then you know the the, the movie shows you what a terrible farmer he is. So he's like failing as a regular guy. And I feel like if he had been better, are you saying like he, he can't adjust the life yeah, like as a it's, civilian. It's his he true nature. He's, he's going back to his true nature. That was definitely intentional. And even with, with Hackman, it's like, it, like, and this is the stuff, the, 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 the beauty of this movie, the fact that Hackman is building a house while this is going on and he's bad at building a house and his roof is leaking. But what he's really good at is fucking people up. Like when when Richard Harris comes in as the as the bounty hunter English Bob, that scene when he first shows up and he beats is so terrorizing and so vicious. But Hackman is in complete control. There's no he's not angry. He's not overdoing it. He's so like within himself. And then the scene where they're in the jailhouse and he gives him the chance actually to kill him. And he's and again talking about the the, the writing when he just says. You're, you're right not to do it, Bob, because I would have killed you. Like, that line is yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> it is delivered so perfectly. But, um, yeah, Hackman, this is like... Hackman based... And another thing, before we were talking about how Westerns don't don't exist in a bubble, right. Hackman based his performance on on the uh, the late police chief, Daryl Gates. Oh, really? Made famous, yeah, in the L.A. Oh, riots. No kidding. Oh, so that, that was, you know, one of the things that, that uh, informed his performance. How so? so well, it was very controversial. Uh, Gates was considered to be very, uh, you know, he, there were charges of racism. Okay. They were saying that he had a very heavy-handed, militaristic approach. Okay. To uh, this is the police chief, the LAPD. Yep. Of the LAPD, former LAPD police during, chief, during the, the riots. riots. Got right. it. Got it. Wow. And he chose him to be. Wow. Especially during uh, the scenes when he uh, when right. he get, delivered the beating to yeah. Ned. Well, and that's, that's a brilliant approach, honestly. And the that, 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 I mean, remember that all happened with Rodney King. Oh, it was huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rodney King. And the thing, too, it's like you can, and that's what's brilliant about this movie again and, and Hackman's performance, is you can kind of see, like when, when Hackman goes up to, to Eastwood and says, you know, you probably didn't see the sign in the rain, but we don't allow people to have weapons in this town. A town like, called he, Big Whiskey. He's right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's right, but you could see how things could so easily go wrong at any moment when people have guns and people have short tempers and their 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 inclination is to kill but it's uh, amazing uh, uh, this is actually a common thing this is a theme in a lot of movies is uh what happens when humans adhere to rules yeah without yeah. uh without consideration of humanity well that's and, and that this is a big part of it i think that's know? a big part of actual real life <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's, that's probably and, why and hackman represents the rules and he represents the rule of law and he's He's very meth- methodical about yes. it. And, and it's where, even, I, I always wonder about the beginning of the movie when, um, and by the way, I don't care if this episode is funny or not. Like, I, this is what, is this, this is supposed my, to be funny? No, it hasn't ah. been at all. <laughs> We're going to be like, all I, right, you want to be funny? I'll, I'll, no, no, I'll, no, no, I'll tell you something funny, right? <sighs> um, they <laughs> no, no, I'm being serious. Like, I'd rather nerd out. Because I'm nerding out. Yeah. No, that's what I do. You guys didn't tell me this is like a comedy no, no. thing. I never. <laughs> I mean, the comedy should be. The only work. comedy we ever find in this podcast is when Peter's the whipping post and I shit yeah. on him. <laughs> here, we haven't found which any is fine. angle yet. Which is fine. Here's a forest uh, plug for the We Can Sex podcast. The, oh, that's this, this, this movie. Podcast, here, here's the sex connection. Okay. Uh, this movie wouldn't happen if uh, the, the whore didn't laugh at, a, at the man's small dick. Oh, yeah. So that would have been yeah. no movie. William Money would have figured out how to be a better pig farmer. Yeah. Uh, Ned would still yeah. be alive. His wife would be happy. She wouldn't give any, anyone the stink eye, and uh, and that kid nope. would have found a pair of glasses and found something else to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, the whores are a big yeah. part of you, westerns in general. And little with, Bill would still be a sheriff. If you start with yeah, more sex positive attitude. That's the thing. The, see, here's where w- women. Uh, you got you, you had to know. Listen, you can't sh- but you can't body shame uh, small penises when you're when you're a hooker. Yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. That's like your business. Yeah, that, that's yeah. something that uh, Skinny should have told his whores. <laughs> Listen, we're going to get a lot of small dicks in here. All right? Yeah, yeah. You keep a straight Gotta face. Be ready for it, it might be the majority. And you pretend to enjoy it. You get paid to pretend. 
That's so yeah. great. Yeah. It, it was her first. It was, it was her first and the well to the listeners. I'm oh, sure yeah, you've yeah. seen this movie. You know? yes. Oh yeah. But by, by the way, this is all spoilers. All, all spoilers. The time. Right. Go home. Go home and watch the movie if you haven't watched the movie yet. That, that's just bad management on, on Skinny's part. Yeah. The owner of the uh, the uh, everyone's uh, bad at doing everything. everyone's bad at their yeah. job. Yeah. Their job. That's everyone's what I'm saying. bad I, at their job. I think it's almost a commentary on the way he was trying to portray the western because this was his last western. I feel like he knew that at the time. A lot of it's about and dicks. I, <laughs> Small <laughs> dicks and big dicks. Yeah, because remember the Two-Gun? Yeah, it goes uh, back to that story. Yeah, yeah, Gene Hackman keeps going back to that the story. There's a character of Two-Gun Joe or, or Two-Gun, I don't know what his name was, but he had a nickname of being Two-Gun, two this Two-Gun guy, and he lost in a gunfight because it, the nickname didn't come from him having two guns. It was because his sec, the second gun was a huge cock. Yeah. Nice. So, you oh, know, yeah. a lot of it's about dicks. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy pees. There you go. There's some levity. The guy yeah. pees himself. Good Beauchamp job, Alan. pees himself. There's a, you know, we know, we know where pee comes from. Uh, I don't good, know. good try. Well, that was almost... Am I stretching there? I, stretch. I didn't like Beauchamp. Oh, really? As a character? I felt like... You didn't like, like him as a character, or, or you didn't like him in the context uh, of the movie? I didn't like him as, as a Goebbels parody of a Jew. Yo, it was like, it was like, oh, you know, listen, we're gonna, we're, we're, we're gonna treat the black a, guy <laughs> as if slavery doesn't exist. No right. one's gonna, no one's saying the N word, but no. the Jew, we are gonna make him Woody Allen to but like. Beauchamp, is that he like was very nebbish. Like, yeah. I mean, come on, I've never it, seen. He Jewed it up a little. More. It was ridiculous. It well, was ridiculous. Saul, Saul Rubinak is the actor who plays him. He was. Uh, Played a very Jewy movie producer in True Romance, one of my favorite movies, and that he's playing Joel Silver, which actually guy who ended up producing a lot of the action movies that we've been talking about. I was always expecting him to say stuff like, "Can I pay you a few shekels for your story?" You yeah. know, like it was so over the top Jewy. You were offended by that, but it's still it's, I wasn't offended. I don't get offended. And like, yeah, I don't really and like he's effeminate, and he's not. You know, he's yeah. the one guy who's not masculine at he's all. He's the one guy who doesn't have a gun. Yeah, yeah he's, and he's impressed by everyone else's masculinity. <laughs> wow, you shot him. Yeah. You know. Like in and this might be a little bit too on the nose. It's like you you're talking about the mythology of the Western in the West, and you have a guy who's literally writing a story about a gunslinger who turns out to be a liar, and then he then he tacks on to another guy and and starts to learn the truth. So he he starts with English Bob. He's English Bob's biographer. It turns out English Bob is is at the very least an exaggerator about his his history. Uh, played by Richard Harris in an unbelievable performance. And again, a lesser movie could have you could have almost cut that character out of the movie entirely. You the bring whole, up a lot of really interesting things. I, I, I don't, I don't want to rush through this part. No, 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 you no, you bring up a lot of interesting this things great. in ahead. this movie that go unnoticed. So uh, a big chunk, of, a, a big part of this movie is, is what is the truth? What is the truth? And like you said, the mythologizing of, of, these, uh, of these gunslingers and, mythologi and, and lionizing people who perpetrate violence, right? So and then the, what? What the, does lionizing mean? Like you know, holding it in in great esteem and ah, and sort yes. of you know like putting it, um, like making them into a hero. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he, he, hero creating, glorifying, basically. glorifying, got basically. It, got it. So, so it's interesting, like who because they did it. They had these scenes back to back, right? Yeah. So you had um, you, you had the the exact you had the the duck. Of death, right? The Duke of Death. Yeah, yeah. And he totally exaggerated his story. And then uh, little Bill told Beauchamp the real story of what happened. And it was about drinks and dicks, right? <laughs> <laughs> True story, bro. Most stories are about drinks and dicks. And, it, and there was no hero in that story. Yeah. Not one hero, right? All, uh, all heavily flawed villains. And then you go and and you talk, and it's all this story. and this guy wrote this comic book and he drew like this. That is a book. It's not a comic book. Just yep. a, they had a, a comic book drawing on the on the front. Um, and then and then also remember you have uh, the Schofield kid who yeah. exaggerates the story of the the prostitute. Yeah. And exaggerates his own story, and gave himself a nickname. Yeah. Trying to create his own mythology, uh, kind of ahead of the curve there, and being like, I'm I'm creating my own brand. Yeah, sure. you know what I mean. And yeah, because money, Clint Eastwood character gets roped in because he he thinks what these guys did was worse than what they actually did. Now Clint Eastwood um, actually downplays, and Ned mm -hmm. tells him, "Wait a second, there weren't two guys; you killed three guys." So Eastwood is doing the opposite yeah. within the movie. Um, so the only two people who are truth tellers in the movie are the protagonist and the antagonist. Yeah, uh, William Money yes. and Little Bill. 
And again, I think that this script, it could, from another director who's a little bit more flashy, this movie could have been a little bit more on the nose. I think there's Eastwood, like, because, I mean, Eastwood's known to be a real, like, no-nonsense director. He does, like, one or two takes. He moves it along. He gets movies in under budget, under under time. He doesn't bullshit. He learned, you know, he learned by doing TV and by being on cheap movies that, you know, time is money. And so I, I think another director might have, like, because a lot of this stuff, when you talk about it, it's like, oh, it is kind of on the nose. Oh, the kid is, right. he, he's lying about his story. He's pretending to be a big shot when he's not. And it's a movie about no, but Westerns this is all pretending. Ins- and but this is all insinuated in the movie. Like, you have to really watch it yeah, to it's, pick up it's on that. it's subtle. I think that Eastwood trusts his audience to be intelligent. Yeah, this shit up, yeah. and that's why the movie works more than and also an like, on the nose western, which you, I fucking hate. When you have, I a, can't watch, I can't sit it, through westerns, and this was the first one I was able to watch. You, when did you watch it? Two nights ago. Oh, okay. I yeah, watched so, it all the way. So through. one of the interesting dynamics of this podcast is that most of these movies Alex is seeing for the first time. So, and I, and, <laughs> so and, far, all of them. Yeah, and yeah. so well, yeah, by most I mean all. Yeah, but uh, that might change. But I've seen a lot of these movies, you know, ten times. So it's like it. That's I have my. I'm going back to them, and he's seeing them for the first time. And, right. and the mark of one of the marks of great art is that yes. the uh, the art means something different to you as you mature. Yeah, it takes yeah. on a different meaning, and you find new elements in it that are meaningful to you. As yeah. you mat- and that, that that's what happens in this movie. I agree with it. That. Really does. As as you grow as a person, then you really you begin to understand the characters more deeply. So so as far as w- what like this movie means to me, it's interesting because I'm I'm starting to remember. I remember seeing it. I don't remember specifically, but I remember that at the time I saw it, I hadn't seen a lot of Westerns and I hadn't seen a lot of Clint Eastwood. I've now gone back and I've become a huge Dirty Harry fan. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Spaghetti Westerns, but a lot of his other stuff I'm not crazy about. And I, so I remember seeing this movie and I was kind of clean. Like I knew, I had heard Clint Eastwood's story. I knew kind of about him, but I didn't really have like a lot I didn't bring a lot to the table when I saw it for the first time. So it's safe to say you didn't see this in theaters when it came uh, out. You, you revisit I mean it. I was like thirteen or fourteen when it came out, so it's possible that I saw it in the theater, but I probably saw it on video. But interestingly enough, I don't like the other movies that Clint Eastwood has directed. I all, um, all of them? Most of them. I haven't seen a lot of them. Um, I will say this. I tried to watch Million Dollar Baby, which Clint Eastwood also won Best Director for and won Best Picture, and I couldn't watch. I turned it off after twenty minutes. And I, I found really? I found that movie unwatchable. And Hilary Swank, I have a long-standing grudge against because she was the next Karate Kid when Ralph Macchio was too old to play Karate Kid anymore. That's not so her fault. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't care if it's her fault. I hold. I you have will, your YouTube series now. He's, oh, he's oh Cobra Kai is. A, yeah. We definitely do need to do a Cobra Kai episode because oh, Cobra Kai was unbelievable. No, we, we really don't need to do that. Yeah, we do. I, no, we could do episode by episode recap. Um, but so I don't. I cannot forgive Hillary Swank for the next Karate Kid. So I, I don't care if she wins ten Oscars. I refuse to Million watch Dollar any Baby. Hillary. Is good, dude. Uh, you're wrong. No, I don't, it's not about being wrong. I just don't. I it don't, is. I don't get it. No, you're wrong. But um, yeah. So Eastwood. I've I saw Sully, which was okay. I, it was like well done, but I didn't, it wasn't much of a movie. What's what's the sniper? It wasn't one? much of a movie. American Sniper. I'm like, eh. Escape from Alcatraz. American. I didn't oh, like that's Amer- a great movie. That's that a great one. movie. I didn't like American Sniper though. I agree with Mystic you. Mystic River. Mystic River is great. Eh, overrated. Great. In the oh, li- in the line of fire. That's, that's great. Good. Uh, great Malkovich as the villain, as a killer. He's uh, he's an underrated actor. Yeah, oh, Eastwood. Really oh, I love Eastwood. Well, because yeah. he he gets shit on now because he's still alive and he's, well, he's he going also, senile his, in front his, of his people. politics ha- yes, didn't help yes, him. Yes. His speech, you know, chair it, talking to the <laughs> chair wasn't. Uh, oh, that's what I love about him. Actually, but, but that that's a testament to how great his his art is. Yes. is that I, I didn't honestly I didn't think of the chair once <laughs> during <laughs> I, this movie. I, I and there are a bunch of empty chairs. There's so many. I, just, yeah. I haven't thought about. I thought about it a few times. I haven't thought about it since. Yeah, no, he's and it's funny because he, I mean, he's the older. It's like one of our stand-up shows. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of empty chairs. He's from. He's. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh um yeah, uh, Alan is a stand-up comedian. I don't think we said that. No, we're all no. stand-ups here. So far, it's been all stand-ups and one stand-up adjacent guest. Yes. So for the most part, it's it's. Imp- but that's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't have to be funny because comedians we can talk serious shit. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I I just came into. We just wanted to uh, to get into. Oh, this is great. This movie, you know, yeah. getting into nitty gritty. I love how into. Yeah, you we'll do are a parental warning, letting people know that parental go, go elsewhere right. for jokes. What the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> I'm saying if you're looking for comedy, right? We're a parental for- warning. That's not the right word. <laughs> we're, uh, parental advisory. It's still not. Yeah. It, we're yeah, not parental advisory. advisory. It's over your head, Alex. You're too young. 
I guess so. Remember they they, they put I know the parental, parental advisory, advisory sticker. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And no, that's for cursing and stuff. It, sure. Yeah. Like, I'm being. And this is an R-rated movie. I'm being ironic. It's, yeah, because this of the was violence. yes. And okay. it didn't feel like an R-rated movie. I watched it. Nine. This came out in '92, and Goodfellas came out in '93 or '94. '90. No, you're wrong. '93. I'm 100 percent correct on it, that one. Check. Uh, could, Alan, can you IMDb Goodfellas for us? Casino was '95. Goodfellas was '90. You're saying nine zero? I'll bet you a hundred dollars. It was uh, not nine. No, I don't. You know, I don't bet, but I'm telling you. That oh, was I'm sorry, I forgot. You do have a crippling <laughs> gambling addiction. Wait, what's the yeah. bet? Uh, he's saying that Goodfellas came out in 1990. And you're saying when? I said 93. Are you taking any kind of bet? No, we don't gamble. He's here. A, he actually you would have, you would have won. I know. It's I 90. I would have. Oh, I would have. I would have taken his apartment, his life, I, and a million. I would have bet it all. <laughs> I don't have a million dollars, but I would have bet it all. I don't you should. You should have little billed him. Yeah, you know, it should have been like, hey, yeah, I just, take go, the gun. go ahead, take the shot. Yeah. <laughs> I dare you to take one shot at all me. All right, so point. All right, actually, actually makes my point stronger. I didn't make it yet, but Goodfellas came out in 1990 and is rated R. Mm. Far more deserving of yeah, the rated no, R. The ratings board doesn't. Yeah, no, doesn't and, make and, sense. and I'm not even discussing the ratings board. I'm just saying this movie doesn't look like it it's came a, out in 1992. It, Does that make it's sense? It's timeless and yes. it's it's misunderstood. The fact that so many people wanted nothing to do with it because they claimed it was too violent is it, just absurd. It's so but ridiculous. that's before they made it because yeah. then after they made it it got immediate critical success. It won all the all those Oscars. I couldn't watch Goodfellas for the longest time because that what? The, the opening scene I can't the, the sound of a knife going into a body Makes to this day, I'm like, I, I don't own good you know, for that you, reason. You know how they do that, right? Yeah, yeah it's but fo- even, foily, right? Foley, they, foley they take just like Chicken slabs breast. of, yeah. yeah, yeah. But still, that, that even still, the, the, the idea of a, a knife going into raw chicken doesn't is not appetizing either. I don't want to hear that. That shit. doesn't bother me, no, not at all. Um, I'm a little squeamish with like, I don't when people talk about how oh, violence in movies, it's like it's funny because what, what I if I remember this correctly. It used to be that violence was really cartoony, and they said, oh, no, no, we need to show the real consequences of violence because kids are going to think that this is fun and goofy. And so they started showing blood and real consequences of violence. And then what really happened was people were like, oh, shit, I love this. I love to see violence on screen. And so then they're like, oh, no, this is bad, so we have to go away from the violence again. And I think that that's kind of what Clint Eastwood is doing. But even still, like... It's what he was doing, but it also... he Here's the thing. You watch that movie... And when, when are you turned off by the violence? It's not when Eastwood is perpetrating it. No. It's when, it's Hackman, when, is. Gene, when Hackman. Gene Hackman is doing it. Yes. And when the uh, those guys cut up the, the hooker. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's particularly... Well, actually, though... That, and even when Gene Hackman was beating um, English Bob, you felt English Bob, then you have to remind yourself, oh, this guy shoots Chinese people <laughs> yeah, he's a off bad, of railroads. He's a bad dude. Yeah. He's a bad dude. Though the scene where where um, Eastwood does kill the one guy with the rifle, that scene is so rough, and, and he's like, "Just bring him some goddamn water," like that is again. You don't see that in a lot of movies where it's like, it's really showing you how brutal and how like how long it takes. That's another thing is, it it it's not easy to kill somebody. So killing somebody, you speak the, you speak from experience. It's hard. Yeah, he does. From what I hear, it's like <laughs> what is this podcast called? The kill, kill you last. Kill you, kill you last. <laughs> 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 kill you often. Kill you. Parental advisory, guys. We're gonna talk about murdering people. So yes. it's like it shows you like how brutal and how long it takes and how terrible it is to actually kill. Some- it's not you know it's one shot. You know it's oh you got him in one shot and he's dead and it's great blah blah blah. No, it's like the guy is literally dragging on the ground and he's he's begging like a, in a whiny voice for water and he's like just bring him some goddamn water. Like that's a fucking unbelievable scene too and it's, it shows you how brutal. I don't know, man. I, sometimes I, I fantasize about living in other time periods. Like, would I have been able to handle this? Absolutely the- not. <laughs> Peter, you... you <laughs> I'm, I'm... Come on. That, one of the best I'm scenes. refined, but I'm not that delicate. I might be a little delicate. I don't know what you're saying. You wouldn't... It, no. No. It, it, it was a rough life. No, it I'm was sure. a rough life. Uh, the, the, one of the, those, the final scene, the final scene between um, yes. Bill Daggett, Little Bill, and Will Money is amazing. When... Uh, Bill, little Bill says, I don't deserve this to die like this. I was building a house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Will Money says, Deserves got nothing to do with it. Yeah. And then he goes, and then Bill says, I'll see you in hell, William Money. And he pauses. And he's like, All right. Yes, that is, that is <laughs> how I guess I will see you in hell. I'm, I'm still going to fucking kill your ass. The pause just means you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Basically, that's what that yeah. comes. Yeah. A couple of interesting things to me. I, I, w- I wonder some, because. 
he he blamed a lot of it on whiskey. Yeah, he, you know, I for him it was that. like it was like the whiskey talking. But the town is called Big Whiskey. Right. What does that mean? So you know, and and Clint Eastwood, it's almost like he had a chance at redemption, and I think that's why because originally the title uh-huh. for this movie. Was um, you remember, remember the original titles for this movie? Was it Big Whiskey Redemption? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a perfect title. Yeah, great did title. Did you just come up with that? I did. That was pretty good. Here, I'll tell you. Uh, you may need to edit this. Ah, what, what that's the, fine. The yeah. original titles. You know, for this, I, I know. You know how to edit this shit. Yeah, I know how to edit this. Okay, I'm gonna find the much more titles. editing on yours than this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, no, that's just. Well, that's actually a compliment to us. It's because there's strippers <laughs> screaming in the background. Oh yeah, so yeah, they scream. That's what happens. They Go were on. originally going to call this the Cut Whore Killings. Get wow. the fuck out of here. The that, Cut Whore Killings. That's some Death Wish shit What right a there. title. No, I love it. I'm hard. And, and if, the, <laughs> say it again. The Cut Whore Killings. Or <sighs> uh, is also known as the William Money Killings. All right. That seems... Yeah, that's just a bad title. Unforgiven is so much better. Unforgiven is a great. Did they title. do that just because of the Metallica song? Because if I'd be happy with that. The Metallica song came out after, didn't it? I don't know. It's around the same time. I feel like it was around ninety-two. I don't think they have anything to do with each other. Yeah. No, they definitely don't have but, anything to. <laughs> but anyway, so for me, it's his wife gave him a chance at redemption, mm-hmm. and I think the beginning of the movie kind of is uh, is foreboding. And it tells, it shows, you know, he, he's, it starts with him burying his wife. Yeah. He's burying his wife. And he's trying to hold on to the salvation that she provided him. And, and she convinced him that he was a changed man. He, say, he says it over, like it's a mantra. Yeah, he's I'm using a it as man. a mantra. Yeah. You know, like an alcoholic, you know, he's yeah. gone through the steps. Ah, he's gone through the program. Well, there it is. You repeat, the your mon- well, you know, you repeat your mantra. It's funny that um, you say that because I was, because I, I do have a gambling problem. Uh, yeah, that's a real thing. And I don't gamble anymore. But is, I is that white paint or is that something? It, it is white paint. <laughs> Some uh, other white it's cocaine. He's been digging through. No, am I yeah. like I'm like fiending? No. Yeah. So I, I I'm interested in like addiction and that kind of stuff because I I'm a different person now than I was, and I know people that I'm alcohol was never a thing for me, but or a problem. Do I you want to get into the gambling thing? We never uh, talked about bit. it. I, I, I I'm so interested. Well, yeah. Wait, we got to talk about unforgiven. <laughs> We've talked right. for thirty-one we'll get, minutes about unforgiving. We'll get back to it. Um, <laughs> so, but I, I do think I do think people can change, and I've seen people change, and I've changed. But I also think I think movies are by design fatalistic. Like movies, there it's like you you see a scene where you see someone's childhood and they get beaten as a kid, and then later they become this bad guy. And it's like the movies are the way stories work. You're you're being told that things that happen. Your your destiny is kind of is foretold. So William right, Money is, is cast. It's a William circle, Money is a end. character. It's like he's yeah. trying to be something that he's not, and he can't, he doesn't do that well. So he has to go back to the thing that is his true nature. In a way, these characters are prisoners. Yes. Of of their own of, of their of their low character. Yeah. And and that leads them to to this confrontation at the end. I think this this movie has. Because Skinny could have handled it better. I'm gonna. I was just gonna say. The, I think this movie has the most flawed characters, like that I've seen. How many flawed characters are there? We they're can name like characters. Is it everyone? They're they're deeply know. flawed characters, and they're characters who put other things above humanity. Yes. So, and that that's one of their most fatal flaws. They're not redeeming in that Sk- regard. Skinny puts mm-hmm. money yes. over humanity. Yes. Right. He trades a fi- like five ponies for for that crime. Right. Um. For for little Bill, it's the rules. It's the, and and him maintaining ah, that's interesting. an the iron rules. fist. Yeah. The rules rule, over rule, humanity. Right. Rules that's over like the, humanity. That's like fascism. This is how, that's we, like the fascism. Yes. This is how we do things in big A fascist. Whiskey. Right. That's so interesting. And he is a piece of, wow, I, I didn't think fascist when I was watching, but now that we are talking about it and he really is obsessed with the rules. And that is such a tricky thing with humans because rule following to a certain extent is a good thing and ritual be you know yeah. behavior and common decency and rules and then someone can take it too far and i feel like a hysteria that sort of shit the way the holocaust started the way that it's portrayed in this movie in in terms of the way his William Money, is. Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting i i, I don't yeah. know if William Money would have i i think little bill would have been a, a good nazi Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why, why is that? His, I mean, you know. <laughs> or, or, any, I don't think he places a value on human life. Yeah, no. any, any yeah, kind of authoritarian. Like he, yeah, he definitely yeah. doesn't have. He's not squeamish about, 
you know, put a good fascist down. would be someone who's dedicated to the rules. But Bill, uh, to William, a crazy extent, Eastwood's character is is a killer and he's a bad guy. But the, the another scene I'm thinking of is the scene where he wakes up after being beaten by Hackman after a couple of days, and and the woman who was was cut is is watching him, and she's like, "Oh, do you want to do you want a free one?" And he goes, "No, on account of my wife." And we know that his wife is dead, but she doesn't know. So he's being oh, yeah. sweet to her. He's being I'm sweet. Sure, I think he has erectile dysfunction. That's possible. But then also like, <laughs> and they didn't and have he goes, sex with you. And, and he goes, uh, he goes, you know, if if, uh, and she goes, oh no, I know you wouldn't want to do it with me because on account of my face. And he's like, oh no, no, if I was gonna get a free one. By the way, such a I'd, Peter Garacci thing to say. I'd want it to be with you. What? On account of my face, just like be all <laughs> self-deprecating and. I don't no, know. About, no, on account of her face. Um, so that like that's another beautiful scene too, where it's like, yeah, you this guy is he has some humanity. He's just not good at being a good dude. He he's he he's going through inner turmoil, and the problem is there was he didn't see he's a man who used to resort to violence as a, as a panacea. That was his his sort of cure all yeah. for everything. That was his his you know immediate answer, and now. He, in a way, he's right. In this situation, he had to get rid of Little Bill. Yeah. Little Bill, in, in, in the rules of the Old West, deserved yes. to die. Yes. The town would be better off without Little Bill. What Absolutely. We, what would we change or fix or recast in this movie <laughs> if we had to do it over with? Recast the cast. Definitely not recast. The cast was amazing. I'm yeah, not a dude. big. Mor- they, I'm not a Morgan Freeman guy. I always what? I always catch him acting, and I like yeah he's doing a good performance, but mm. I, you see that he's doing a performance, and he actually I thought he did a fantastic he job, great. In this, in especially this in this one, yeah, yeah, and and I really don't understand how he's he's been able to survive it's without insane. any problems with an Indian wife, a black man, and Indian wife. Yeah. It, it's like you know how do killer. you yeah, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> like back then, dude. I mean, it's, yeah. it's 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 a great choice not to delve into that in a way and just make it. Do you, you know, well, okay, well, that's interesting. Why? Is on the other gr- hand, it's not realistic. Why is it a great choice? Because it isn't realistic. Uh, because uh, I, you know, you don't. You want to almost. You want black actors to just be treated as actors. You but don't want. Is, you don't want race to be a central issue. And sure, it, it's and good he, morally, and he, addressed, he addressed race in in a more subtle way so, with, with okay, Gene Hackman. Gotcha. Again, it was the things that were. Didn't have to be said. You kind of understood right. that they were racist, uh, you know. Which is how real racist racism undertones. is, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's like exactly. not said shit. A lot yeah. of it's not said. Uh, I mean, some they did such a great ca- uh, job casting it. Yeah. Francis Fisher as yeah. Strawberry mm-hmm. Alice. Amazing. I, I mean, the thing, you know, just just every frame she's in, yeah. her her face, her eyes are just it's just a magnetic performance. Yeah, it's so perfect. I she she. You I feel didn't like, know she was. Yeah, you feel like these are characters who've really lived in this in this town. Absolutely. They all, you know, you 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 really feel it. You feel that this is every inch of it is authentic. That's why I mean, it doesn't look like the same like that. It was filmed in the same time period as like Pulp Fiction. And like, yeah. like that the movie was made the same time that movie was made. I, I know. That and, he, I under- and he resisted yeah. the styles of, yes. of the time. Yeah, totally. And totally. E- even now, it, some of those styles persist. And, you know, the quick cuts, yes. you know, the fast moving camera, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the frenetic action scenes. The sound effects. The even. sound effects. I think he has a, this, someone this has a. The music. The music yep. wasn't over the top. It was all no. very subtle. Yeah. I like that. Right. I, I was expecting. And that makes it timeless. And I was expecting over the well, top. Eastwood is right. a, I, I, Eastwood is a, I'm a big not, soundtrack guy. With movies that makes a huge difference for me but do you agree because of that yeah. this doesn't feel like a film this film could have been made today yes yeah. or or in 1970 or 1970 Honestly. Honestly. You have no, yes. right and and brilliant all all great choices. but i think that you're like, right about that it could be placed in any year and it also and and for me I'm a, i i think people underestimate how much a good soundtrack matters yeah. or an, or an, you know an overly Overly produced soundtrack can ruin a movie. Eastwood like, is a music guy, so he definitely knows he his way around music, and he yeah. understands. Appreciate it, and, and I he think helped he, do some. He helped work on some yeah. music, in and this I think film. he learned from like, cause, and you know, the, the knock on Eastwood is he doesn't talk a lot, and it's, but he like he comes from a different school of acting where it's not just about like you're using people's faces, like with Leone, like in the Leone films, the spaghetti westerns, it's a lot of close ups, it's a lot of people's faces, it's not a lot of dialogue necessarily. And so this movie, the dialogue is great, but a lot of the story is told 
through people's faces and people's reactions. And that, I think that comes from, from on high. I think that Eastwood kind of sets the tone with his actors and how to do that. Because, I mean, at this, at this time in, in Hackman's career, you know, yeah, he, I mean, he did Royal Tenenbaums, which is amazing. And I wish that was his last film so he could say that he retired on Royal Tenenbaums. Instead, I think he did Milk, Welcome to Mooseport. Right, right. Oh, Romano, no. Which I never saw, but who, <laughs> why? Like, that why? sounds terrible, yeah. Why? But um, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of like imagery in this film. There's a lot of beautiful images, and a lot of a lot of the story is told with faces and with. And it's funny because Tarantino gets blamed. even a scene. You know, there's one kind of funny scene with um with with, with what's what's the name of the hooker who got cut? What's her name? Um, uh, oh, fuck so it. Delilah. Delilah. Yep, yeah, that's it. So when when they're making the when the when when the um when the other guy. Who was involved in the crime? Yeah, the accomplice. Yes, he yes, comes yes. in to deliver the horses. Right, he saved the best horse for Delilah. Yeah, he's like, here you go. This is the best one of the lot. Huh. And Strawberry Alice starts speaking for Delilah. Yeah, not realizing that if she looked at Delilah, I was like, well, that's a pretty good horse. You know, like I think I want that horse. So right. Delilah doesn't even get the horse. And, and again, and it's, <laughs> that's like the beauty of the storytelling. Because it's like, that's actually, if, I didn't if, if that sucks, he's like, I got cut and I can't even get a horse. fucking horse. Yeah. Oh my and god! She's like, get your fucking horse out of here! I'm like, no way! It's all a, bad. I, for I need her. a horse. I'd love to get a horse. Get the fuck out of here! I think this movie is also about like how victims continue to be victimized because she, yeah, she exploited if, by completely. people for, with their own agenda. If Hackman had, yep. if Hackman had whipped those guys, the hookers wouldn't have put their money together and tried to get a bounty hunter to kill them. And if if the other, if you know, Strawberry Alice would have let her accept the horse. It was, you know, she's she's denying this other woman because for her her idea of justice. It, that's another thing. This movie is about this movie is about people's ideas of justice and how they come in conflict with one another. Yes, and also otherwise reasonable people acting unreasonably. Yeah, because it's. I mean, it's not Hackman is not wrong that he doesn't want bounty hunters walking through town every day shooting. He's people. not. No, he's a sympathetic villain. So he wants. He's trying to maintain control in a town where people are coming through. And and they're just gonna start shooting everybody up if he lets them. It's his job to stop that that flood from from coming in. Exactly. The problem is he revels in he starts enjoying it a little too much. The yeah. the violence part of it. He's also got a, a really cool jacket. <laughs> I really I try to find him where they, they all look really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I that's say. I I yeah. So maybe I wouldn't have been a good like dealing with violence oh, and lawlessness, okay. but I would have looked cool as hell dressing as a cowboy every no. day. Why not? You're bald, no. you're uh, you know that, that is, that's the other thing that the the other theme of this you're movie so mean to me, Alex. I mean <laughs> I just point out some you're you have like no Self-awareness. I'm, I'm completely <laughs> self-aware. No. Anyway, the, the other big theme Sorry. is is uh, people taking pleasure, the, the, mm. the gratuitous violence, right? So people almost like taking delight in, in violent acts and, and now how that's undeniable. Like, you know, getting revenge. Oh. Or, or we have, there's a side, universal. To, there's a side to human nature that's, that's sadistic. And we always are in, in, a, in, a, we're in a constant battle with yeah. that. And and that that's a big theme of this movie is that what happens to you when 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 you when you forget that when you kind of yeah. push that aside you know and that's again that's what's great about westerns is that you can kind of create mythology because the story can be about something else besides what's really happening because when when you when a story takes place in your time period it's hard to see yes. sort of the mythological yes. implications of it you you get kind of lost in the details of it that's a good point i never thought of westerns like that maybe maybe that's why i, didn't I think they should really make westerns all the time them. yeah and, and, and what happens when you let violence out of the bag it, it's a monster you can't get back in you know yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's something that just will keep exponentially growing you know, because it, it just like the whole, you know, violence begets violence. Yeah. That, so, that's really what. So an idea. I mean, this podcast is called Kill You Last. You know, shout out to Commando, one of the great 80s action films. Because, I mean, one of the themes I think and the, I've been thinking about with this the podcast, the 80s action movie, there's definitely a, there's a chronology. You have Westerns and then you go into the 70s and you have the Death Wishes and you have kind of the cynical movies, the, the Dirty Harrys that are kind of rebelling against the culture at large. And then in the 80s, you got Reagan and the economy's doing great and America's kind of in a tri triumphalist mood. So that cynicism kind of went away. And then you have the Schwarzeneggers and the Stallones in the 80s. I don't know about the Reagan years. There are some dark films that were made. Yeah. Look at some of Scors Scorsese's films. Yes, but like the... the it, it's one of those things where, you know... But that was a, but that was a down period for Scorsese. Like he was, he might have, he was an outsider at that point. Right. The, guy, the dominant culture is... The Stallones and the and the Schwarzeneggers, 
And it, it was the dominant culture was the glorification of the the lone action hero. Yeah. Who the Messiah, yeah. the guy who come in and, and solve the problems and you know Rambo coming in just sh- one man army. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's such it. a ridiculous concept. <laughs> I love it. I love it's it so, so much. It's so stupid <laughs> to think about now. Just like it's my I favorite. Don't know. Yeah, well, I know, I know. And now they're doing it again with John Wick, another movie that we got to talk about, the both of them, because they're amazing. Yeah. But again, those movies, like John Wick is kind of a modern I love John Western, Wick. too. Oh, I guess so. The, the mythology, the like... The I love uniform. John Wick, man, oh, and man. I don't usually like action movies. Yeah, it's in good general. That it's good that you're co-host of an action movie podcast. I think it's good to bring my perspective. Of I course. Don't, I don't really fuck with most of this shit, but this... In particular, and I don't, Alan, I don't always like the movies we watch, but this one was one of the best we've watched. Oh. I liked Predator, Easily. and I liked this one. Re- and this is one of those movies that you should rewatch. Every yeah, time I'm you gonna, watch I'm it, gonna, you notice yeah. more details yep, in it. Yep, yep. Yeah, so, and it's just such a beautiful movie. If it I'm, really from is. Beginning to every, every frame, those wide angle shots. Yeah. Of, uh, it wasn't, it's, it's actually in Canada. It was filmed in Canada. All right. Um, but it, get you know, the it's, fuck it's out set, of here! It's set it doesn't in look Wyoming. Any, anything like Canada? <laughs> I've done gigs in Canada. I'm like, where was this? Yeah, I guess yeah. I've only been to a few places in Canada, but well, it's not Toronto. Yeah, right. I'm kind of <laughs> fucking retarded to say that. This is true. But uh, I spent about yeah. three days in Canada. Yeah, it's nowhere near like, JFL. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just to answer. It's interesting. Um, the Color of Money was one of uh, Scorsese's yeah. movies in uh, in the 80s. What year did that come that out? That was 86 or 87? 86, 1986. Yeah, don't question me about this shit. Honestly. Last Temptation of Christ, 88. Yeah. The King of Comedy, 82. Oh, that's early. That's a that's a great film. Mm. Hard um, to rewatch. That speaking of movies rewatching, I rewatched yeah. that movie recently. That's a, as, as somebody who loves comedy and is a comedian, it's a great movie and De Niro gives an amazing performance. That's a hard fucking movie to watch. It makes your skin crawl because you're like again talk about because people doing the wrong you thing. You don't want to be that guy. Well, because 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 if <laughs> oh if, is he just bombing? I haven't seen no. this. Oh my god, what is it? He, well, I think I've seen clips. He wants to be a, a, a big star, but he do, he goes about it in the exact wrong way. <laughs> what does he, he do? He kidnaps like the, the Johnny Carson. Oh my god! Uh. And try to to get hold him hostage so he can so get he on the get Tonight Show. Spot. He, he's the original podcaster. Yeah. Rupert Pumpkin. He's in his Rupert Pumpkin. Yeah, he uh, that's in his basement play, talking. That's he hosted an ima- yeah, he hosted an imaginary talk show in his mother's basement. <laughs> that's how this that's podcast a, started. Uh, yeah. This is kind of, this is kind of the amazing. same vibe. I'll take I, <laughs> so, I'll take De Niro. You got to see it. It's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. it sounds is this is it Am I thinking the right? Is this like in most black Corsese, and white? Mo, most no. Corsese movies are no. amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm a huge fan of my favorite movie of all time is Goodfellas. Yeah, for you sure, gotta, you gotta see the other ones. Too. You like the sound of knife going into flesh. I, I like the fucking dude. That movie's a masterpiece. Oh yeah. How can you have a podcast called "Killing Killing You Last"? Kill you, yeah. last. kill you last, and be afraid. That'd be all they yeah, 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 yeah. He's such a bitch, right? I'm not afraid. I'm <laughs> just, can we please fucking <laughs> shit on Peter? Obviously, flawed. I'm squeamish about certain types of violence. Like if it's gratuitous, I don't like to see kids. Anything bad happen to kids in movies. I don't like to see anything bad happen to old people in movies. I just, I'm just dogs. Leave the dogs alone. Oh, well, oh you know, really? Everybody else can die. I mean, John okay. Wick. That oh shit! Yeah, you can't. Like, do you watch John Wick? Do you like John and and Wick? and uh, women? Yeah, I guess you know, women and children. Uh, oh, I like this whore gets I cut up like, in this movie. I do like to see. I felt bad for the whore. I, I did feel bad for the whore. But you could watch it. Delilah. Let's call it Delilah. All right, but the whore. It's what was the movie? The original title? That's called. It was the whore that got cut in half. Fucking cock loving hoe. Ladies, we're referring to them as whores because that's how they're referred to in the movie. We're not saying that you're all whores. By that, any means, that big cock loving yeah, bitch, size queen cock whore. <laughs> that had to have a big cock. Size queen cock whore yeah. POV blow. Oh wait, no, that's what I type into my porn up. All right, never if mind. If I was gonna get a free one, I would want it to be with you. Not only that, let me let me tell you something. Yeah, that was very sweet. <laughs> the sweetest thing someone could ever say to to a whore. Um, <laughs> I, I gotta say too. Listen, uh, that guy who decided to cut her up because of his small dick. Worst thing you can do in that situation. I, I because now a lot of publicity. Now, you, 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 <laughs> no, that's, that's bad. I mean, they say there's no such thing as bad publicity. That's, Th- that's bad publicity. Bad publicity. You're, you're the small dick guy who cut a woman. <laughs> yeah, translate to the modern day. It's like if that guy went on Facebook being like, "Oh, I had to beat my girlfriend up because she laughed at my dick." Like, dude, is that something you want to post on oh the internet? Oh my god, double whammy. You yeah, have a that, tiny dick and you killed a girl. That guy would would uh, <laughs> keep that shit to yourself, fellas. That guy would be banned from UCB and yeah. then and, and then. <laughs> Get a beer commercial. That's what would happen. You get a lawsuit. That guy got a beer. Oh, he got a he got a commercial. What? Yeah. After. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Big yeah. payday for the Mr. Mm-hmm. Rapey. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, unfortunately, I do have to go. All right. So, so wait, I want I want to uh, give um, Alan a bunch of uh, time to do his plugs. You got oh, a lot of things going you. on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, guys, check out the Weekend Sex podcast. The Weekend Sex podcast. It is uh, it is it's a comedy podcast. <laughs> we, yeah. we don't get More into. Jokes. Yeah, we don't we don't we don't analyze films. Um, but yeah, give us uh, give us a shout out on Facebook, Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Give us a five star review. Check it out. It's a really funny uh, podcast. It's really Alex great. is uh, a part of the show. Yes, and uh, we have the most recent show is with porn star Victoria June. Yes, who got Very tied up, um, bounced around on my lap, <laughs> made out with another comic named Catherine Henson. And uh, I didn't know any of this. And let us feel her boobs. I mean, a lot of stuff happened in in uh, in an hour. Did you give her a horse well, to say thank you? And and uh, we have to. I, I, I mean, I gotta tell you, I love this podcast, but you know, <laughs> you need more tits. Yeah. Oh well, that <laughs> sounds oh, for like, us. It, we don't outs- all... outside of Peters. We <laughs> guys come back next week. I mean, all of us, I think, have, like, B cups right now. Yeah, I got my tits out. It's yeah, not good. Yeah. It's not good. Guys, try us again next week on Kill You well, Last, but we're going to have more tits. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll work on it. That sounds amazing. I can't wait to edit your episode now. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, did everyone feel tits? Uh, Keanu and I felt her tits. That's very wow. nice. She smelled, Adam did? She smelled amazing. Wait, Adam did? She smelled amazing. Yeah, Adam, Adam didn't, didn't do anything. Why? Adam is, like, you know, a stoic sound Yeah, guy. yeah, he is. <laughs> I would have felt her fucking tits, dude. Definitely. You, well, you missed out. I did. Oh, AC. Man, you were I'm at AC. I, all right. <laughs> I'm, I, I do have a bit of a gambling problem. <laughs> and this is why we Be put careful, a parental warning. I was Don't. doing gigs. I was doing gigs. Come on. I was doing, I was doing gigs. You can't get into the gambling shit. You're well, gonna I get, am you're into the gambling so shit. You're so fucked up. No, you Alex knows it. who he's going to talk to when, he, when he's finally had Alan, enough. Alan, I've, I've done pretty well this year. Comedy <laughs> Comedy is a bad enough addiction. Yeah. You know, true, true. It true. is. I like to say that I'm the only guy that had to get his life together before he could do stand up. Because like my heroes are like Mitch Hedberg, Patrice. Like I couldn't gam- I couldn't gamble and do comedy at the same time. So now that my life is somewhat together, here I am doing a podcast in my mom's basement. My name is Peter. No, Garachi. my studio apartment because I'm fucking killing it on the slots. Yeah, that's right. We want to thank Borgata for sponsoring this for podcast. For real, for real, that bought all this equipment. Wow, uh, that th- 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 this place smells like uh, like oh, a, yeah? like an uh, old west saloon. Uh, oh, okay. From all the cigarettes, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Broadcasting live from Bis- Big Whiskey, Wyoming, in downtown Toronto, Canada. No, no, Big Dick Al's. <laughs> That's what this is all called. Right. Shall we call it? Yeah, we have to. I'm sorry. Right. Um, anything so- else, Alan? Your stand-up show. Oh, the stand-up shows. September 21st. We're gonna be at the uh, Scranton Comedy Club. With Artie Lang, Rich Voss, and Reverend Bob Levy. The Week in Sex is going to be there. Keanu Killer. and I will be on the show. Come check us out. Sounds Kill- amazing. Killer lineup. Thank um, you, Alan. I'm Peter Garacci. Thanks so much, Alan. Thank you, guys. Thanks a lot. I'm Peter Garacci. I'm Alex Pashera. This has been Kill You Last. Peace. Bye.